the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Four oh six on the Central Coast. It is Tuesday, January twenty third, two thousand and twenty four. Um, twenty three, twenty four. Okay, that works. Uh, still to come on this broadcast, Pete Howard is back with us during the five o'clock hour from Heritage Auctions. Uh, what is new in terms of rock and roll memorabilia? I remind you that County Supervisor Don Ortiz Leg joins us tomorrow. Uh, this hour, let me just uh, before I bring Karen in. Uh, local media is uh, reporting. Uh, here's the Tribune take on it. Eight people were arrested today after allegedly trying to break into Cal Poly's recreation center during a protest in support of Palestine. Cal Poly spokesman Matt Lazier said a group of about 30 to 40 protesters gathered Tuesday outside a career fair being held in the rec center. A smaller group of the protesters became violent and tried repeatedly to use barricades to smash through the doors of the rec center and gain entrance to the fair inside. Tribune's also posted video. There's a clash between law enforcement and protesters. Always good to be in conversation with Karen Vailey from CalCoast News. CalCoastNews.com is the investigative reporting website of the Central Coast. Karen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. You know anything about this Cal Poly story? What are you hearing? No, um, yeah, I do know a little bit about it. They're, they had a career fair, and that's where businesses buy tables. I think for a business to buy a table is about a grand. And um, they network uh, with students looking for jobs. And it's, it isn't just an open event that anybody can go into, but it, you have to have a ticket. So and, uh, go ahead. Keep going. It doesn't appear to have been an event that I, I'm not sure why they picked that event to protest. Uh, well, you got to have uh, you got to have something to to disrupt. Got to get your message across. What's convenient a job fair? I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to understand it. And I guess it started off fairly peaceful, and then a group of students with. Um, like wooden um, uh, blocking instruments tried to break into the building, became aggressive. Um, officers took down two students to the ground. Eight students were arrested. Multiple people had mild injuries, including officers and protesters. Um, so it did at some point get fairly violent. Mm. All right, we'll keep an eye on that story and see where it goes. Meanwhile, speaking of Cal Poly, Karen, what what happened to the faculty strike? I had the union leaders here on Friday. This is going to be the largest strike in the history of California, largest teacher strike in the history of the country, and we're going to be marching all next week. And after one day, after one day, they fold. What happened? Well, and again, it was the largest uh, strike with universities in California. They, I think they had almost 30,000 people leave the jobs and strike. They were, they were trying to get a 12% increase in pay. The interesting thing is um, 
yesterday, uh, late yesterday, they did get, come to an agreement. They have have not hammered out the issues yet, but they met many of their demands. They did not give them a 12% increase. They gave them um, uh, 5% this year and 5% next year, and a, uh, a special increase for people making lower wages of 2.65 a one-time. But interesting, late last year in the negotiations, they were offered 15% over three years with the same 2.65%. Um, so some people would get 17%, 17.65. That was actually better an offer in late December, which I have looked at the offer, than they were off that they approved after a one-day strike. Which that does seem a little odd. Yeah, it does. I will track that down and try to find out what's going on. Karen Veely joins us doing a wrap-up of local news. Now, the other education-related story, I, this prompted me to reach out to uh, Karen. You have been covering the uh, case at San Luis Coastal School District with the former basketball coach, Jeff Brandau, and allegations of inappropriate um, relations with students. I have yes. since been hearing from parents and I when I hear from the parents I try to send them your way Karen, but I've been hearing from parents who claim that Jeff Brandau, the former basketball coach, is still coming to slow high basketball games. Is that true? He is absolutely coming to uh, still going to the games, which is upsetting parents, especially um parents that that feel that he was mistreated their students, but he is absolutely, he's wearing a baseball cap. He's got some facial hair, but he is definitely standing up in the, um, sitting up in the seats. I've seen pictures and I've heard that he walked down onto the, um, the basketball court after the games. So he's absolutely engaging fully. He does have a student in the school, a son who's um, a good basketball player, but the issue is they they escorted him off campus, and until they terminated him, he wasn't allowed on campus. But now that he's terminated, he is showing up on campus. They never went after criminal charges. Parents are still accusing the school of not reporting wrongdoing by teachers and hiding um, issues uh, with their children while claiming they immediately tell parents. There's also a number of staffers, especially at Laguna Middle School, who are claiming that there have been a number of fairly serious issues there that were ignored by parents. Hmm. So where are not by parents, but by staff by and staff. parents were not informed. And um, there have been allegations that three of the teachers have either already left in the last month or are leaving the school this month. So in terms of the Brandau case, where are we with that? Is that over? Is that done with? It appears that they never went to law enforcement for charges, though they did say they contacted law enforcement regarding the math teacher um, that was allegedly inappropriate with a young woman in the classroom this year. Um, but they, the parents are still saying they would like to see charges against Brandau. But all they did was 
um, terminate him. They did not ask law enforcement to file charges. Uh, we have a listener on the Stolberg line who is confused by the fact that Brandau has a student in the school. Why is that surprising? He lives here. Why would anyone be surprised that he has a student in school? Now, he absolutely has a student in the school. Yeah. Um, and his son was on the basketball team. Um, but remember, there's some pretty bad allegations that also include the harassment of, of, of the, the victim from last year. She's now using her name, Macy. She was on your show. But she is uh, seriously fragile. And there are allegations some of the young men on the team harassed her in support of Brandau, saying very um, crude and um, uh, very mean things to this young woman, you know, calling her the knight. And I, I find it odd that these people, you know, she is, there are women that are, um, that find themselves very fragile because of this. They don't want to come to town anymore, including the former KSBY reporter. And now you have Brando at the games as if nothing happened. All right, we have a lot to talk about with Karen Vealy as uh, we do a wrap-up of what's happening locally in the news. We'll come back and continue that conversation. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. We're getting a wrap-up of local news courtesy of Karen Vealy from CalCoast News. Go to calcoastnews.com. It's the investigative reporting website for the Central Coast. We're keeping an eye on the situation at Cal Poly. Apparently, there was an incident there with uh, some protesters earlier today. The faculty strike has been resolved after just one day. Uh, Karen and I are both confused by that. We're also trying to figure out why the disgraced former basketball coach at Slow High is being allowed to come to the games uh, Karen, our listener texted back on the Stolberg line just clarifying the original point, just saying that I would think that the coach and his family wouldn't want to go anywhere near that school. Well, who can explain? And I would gather the same thing, but again, um, Cal Poly has had coaches and teachers accused of sexual misconduct with students for several decades. And in every case that I have been told about, the students were the ones that were made to feel uncomfortable in San Luis Obispo and at the school. And the school generally backed the teachers. Does that surprise you? Yes, it does. In this day and age, um, with equal rights and and, um, the Me Too movement, very much so. Because these are students, they need to protect their students above all. One would think, one would hope. Uh, Karen Vealy is with us. We'll welcome your phone calls after news at the bottom of the hour. So without getting too deep into the weeds, Karen, let's talk about the ongoing controversy surrounding the IWMA, Integrated Waste Management Authority. That's back in the news. And let me first tell you what this agency does. There are a lot of government regulations. For example, there's a new regulation regarding food waste. 
And because of that, um, this isn't a requirement, but there was a county-run agency that uh, worked to help the different cities with their waste management. And I think it was back in the late 90s, um, there were two people that worked to get it out of the county and make these joint powers agreements where that you have the cities and the community service districts in the county all work with this government agency that is separated slightly from the county agency. And in the past, this has led to a lack of oversight. And um, for years, there was allegations of mismanagement and wrongdoing at the IWMA. At the time, Dan and I wrote some stories. We were actually sued over some of it. But in the end, um, we were able to get the lawsuit, uh, the judgment uh, taken away, and we were able to get enough information where the DA became involved. But because it took so long, many of the people couldn't be charged. But to give you an idea how bad it was, they went and got a government credit card, but you can't do that without having um, a joint powers, the county auditor approving it and overseeing it, and the attorneys approving each signing. But instead, they just did it. And I'll give you some uh, examples. One of the people involved with the IWMA was on vacation in Europe and bought dresses from a dress store. Another one, their brother went to an auto place in Santa Maria and bought the brother, not somebody working for the IWMA. The brother had work done at his truck on the IWMA credit card. There were um, home phone bills paid, gardening, paint jobs, TVs. It was a very large amount of money. About a half a million went out on this credit card that wasn't accounted for. When law enforcement finally did get involved, by that time they charged um, one of the I think four or five people that worked there at the time. Everyone else except for one had quit, and she was charged, I think it was 18 felonies um, for you know, misappropriating government funds. Her name was Carolyn Goodrich. And... Um, and, it, and with her, it was very clear. I mean, she was actually paying her home phone bill for years. But we even found instances where relatives of someone that worked there had their electric bill paid on the government credit card. Mm. It was pretty, pretty bad abuse of funds. So the county said, we can't be part of this. It's too poorly run. The county got out and was no longer with the IWMA and working with the county, the county tacked down 3% for making sure everything was operating with the county, with the waste management, with county agencies. But then um, the city stayed with the IWMA, which was charging double that. So the cost of being with the IWMA was twice staying with the county. But then you had an argument, Supervisor Jimmy Paulding said, if the county goes back with the IWMA because of the amount of people involved, um, the people in the cities could have their bills go down. But they did go back, and the people in the county had their bills go up significantly, partially because um, the county had applied for rule, not to have to, certain rural rules that took away some of the costs for rural residents. 
they IWMA doesn't want to do that. So people in the county paid more. I did not see the rates go down for people in the cities. And um, but then you have a new person working there, and this person uh, appears to be very good. She was brought in to make sure she, uh, everyone followed the rules regarding state laws. Um, she was her. Um, she, I think she has a BS in public administration or business administration, but she claimed that there were, was gross misappropriation of funds with the current leadership. She pointed her finger specifically at IWMA Executive Director Peter Crum and his Deputy Director Jordan Lane. And um, she said that she reported it. She called the attorney firm. Now, the attorney firm of Adansky, Morosky, and Green was the same attorney firm that said there was nothing wrong last time. Mm. Nothing has changed. It's the same people involved with the attorney firm. They did not take it to the board. They did not call law enforcement. They did not call an investigator to look at it. They looked at it and decided there was no wrongdoing. So, and well, everything hang on. was hey. operating correctly. So what if they're right and she's wrong? How do we know? Okay, what what I am hearing, I, I know people on the board, and um, what, and I'm trying to get hold of the young woman um, that worked for them that, that uh, resigned. What I have been told was uh, there was overpayment, so you're you're making fifteen thousand a month, and you get thirty thousand over an extended period of time, but you didn't notice it because you're so wealthy. But now that you've noticed it, it was just a text. It was just an error, and you're going to pay it back in payments. And let's don't look at this. And this was just an accident. All right. So that's what they're saying was an accident. Well, they, then they're blaming it on the company. They pay a payroll company to send the payroll out, um, and they're claiming it was a payroll company. But generally, when something like this happens. You have someone from the outside take a look. Look at Oceano. Right. And remember, they're fighting over almost something similar, not this bad. Right. But let, me, you had, let me hold you there. We got the news coming up. And I just want to take a second and clarify here, as uh, Karen gives us the latest reporting on the Integrated Waste Management Authority, is that you go back on your recent history with the County Board of Supervisors. When we had a three-vote majority for the conservatives with Compton and Arnold and Prashong, they were in favor of pulling out of the Integrated Waste Management Authority, at least in the rural areas where they had jurisdiction. And then when Compton lost to Paulding and Gibson had the three votes that he needed, they reversed course. And now the county wants to stay with the IWMA which makes the allegations that Karen's reporting on even more disturbing and concerning to me. Anyway, we got news and traffic and weather. More of Karen Veely and your phone call still to come. All that straight ahead on today's edition of Hometown Radio. The 
This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Pete Howard is going to join us during the uh, 5 o'clock hour. I uh, remind you that County Supervisor Don Ortiz Leg will be with us tomorrow. This hour, we are in conversation with uh, Karen Veely from CalCoast News. CalCoastNews.com is the investigative reporting website. We have been talking about uh, stories that she's working on. Uh, we have been spending the last segment talking about the Integrated Waste Management Authority. We want to come back to that, but we also want to hear from Paul in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Paul. Hello, Dave. Hello, Karen. Hi, Paul. Hi, hey, Paul. I'm all. Of, I am all about good government and having agencies that do their job. But I recently had just an awful experience with the Integrated Waste Management. I, I called because I had, I had some, some waste that you have to get rid of, and they have a good program where you could take 15 gallons of, of waste out to Coal Canyon Landfill. Right. And, and so this was just recently, it was the weekend before Martin Luther King holiday. And so I called to find out what exactly if I needed, you know, I was told I had to go on to a website, but... So I wanted to call to make sure because I couldn't see anything on their website. And uh, the woman that answered the phone hung up on me three times before I had to call back a fourth time and get a hold of someone else who wasn't that woman. And, and then they were having a meeting, so they couldn't answer my question and said that they would call back at, at another time. And... So I, I just said, the heck with it. I went out there to uh, the, the landfill with my 15 gallons of waste, and, you know, I noticed that there was other people that seemed to be in the same situation as me, and they were turning them around at the scale. And so when I got up there, they told me that they were, now you only have two days to turn in this waste. They, they're only open on Fridays and Saturdays where they'll take this waste, and it's only from, like, 11 to 3. And so I get up there, and they said, well, they're taking Martin Luther King Day off. And I said, well, that's not till Monday. And the person at the scale told me, they said, whenever there's a holiday, they take the entire week off. The week off? Yes. They said the entire week, they'll take the entire week off. Hmm. Uh, hang on, Paul. Karen, any thoughts on this? And, and this is kind of the complaints that caused Dan and I to look at this in the beginning. Um, there were allegations that people were uh, doing quite well while trash rates pay for an agency that is not doing their job. And when you pay your trash bill, you are paying for the IWMA to exist. They are a government agency that works for the people. Hmm. What else, Paul? Well, they're not working for the people. The, the initial woman that hung up on me three times, it seemed like it was I was irritating her just calling to try and ask a question. I mean, it was, it was kind of silly, because if you go to their website, you'll see the Coal Canyon Landfill has got a certain number, and that number goes to the, to the Integrated Waste Management, and they don't answer it as, as Coal Canyon Landfill. They... they she quickly gives out the acronym for Integrated Waste Management. And I said, is this Cole Canyon Landfill? And she goes, no, it's not. And she hung up on me. And I was just like, 
what was that? And then I called the second time, and I heard her say that, and I said, oh, on the website it says this is Cole Canyon Landfill. She hung up on me again. And then I called the third time, and I said, you know, she goes, do you have a question? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to ask it. And then she hung up on me a third time. Hmm. That's what kind of of service you get for those big bucks that you're paying. All right, Paul, you're about to be hung up on a fourth time. I'm sorry. Any other thoughts for Paul? (laughs) Any other thing you say to Paul, Karen? And I have heard others comment about the rude behavior and the demeaning behavior. And I can tell you, um, when Dan and I started looking into this agency, we received the same type of behavior. Um, It was, you know, we run this place and it doesn't matter what anyone else does. They refuse to follow record requests. The law requires that they give out documents under a California Public Records Request Act. They fought them so long we had to get an attorney involved, and they still attempted to fight it. If you want in on the conversation of anything we've discussed this hour, feel free to. 805-543-8830 on the Stolberg line. If the IWMA were a private business, they would go out of business. But as a government agency, they're free to do what they want. Karen. And the thing is, you had a number of people, you had um, uh, Debbie Arnold saying, we need to leave this agency. It's not doing their job. There has been mass theft. And then you had Jan Marks, uh, city council person from San Luis Obispo, saying it's a great agency. You had Bruce Gibson saying, we can't do a forensic audit. It would make them feel bad, and we don't want them to feel bad. And Jimmy Paulding says, everything's perfect now. It's all been fixed, and we need to go back with them because it will make things cheaper for some people. But I don't know how you make somebody that's charging twice what the other one is actually cheaper. But what, what this woman did was she actually resigned. And after she reported what she thought was gross misappropriation of government funds and she couldn't get them to do anything, she resigned her position. She said that they they didn't even stop their spending and signing authority when it was found out they were getting overpaid. Right. So she, she resigned and she said a very strong letter to every board member because the board members were not informed of the investigation of the allegations and she quit her job um do you want to read the the, um, here 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 let me let me do this we got attorney Stu jenkins calling in hey Stu. hey dave hey Hey, karen hey Stu. hey Stu. Um, i i think it's uh indicative of the quality of Calcos News that uh, Calcos News is the only news agency covering this story at this point, uh, as usual, uncovering it for the public. But I, uh, I think there's another aspect to the IWMA that ought to be considered. What's that? Uh, well, uh, as you know, our family has uh, property in Guadalupe, and when we have to take garbage or trash or even uh, um, toxic waste materials to the from there to the Santa Maria uh, dump and waste disposal um, the price of that is significantly lower like half the price of what it is in San Luis County 
and the uh, things that are taken, uh, there's a wider variety. So uh, the, the, what's happening here is not working compared to what's happening there. Karen. And that has been one of the complaints, is that the amount it takes to operate this business is very high, and that it hasn't all been cleaned up. Um, remember, after um, after we wrote stories, the head of the agency left, Bill Worrell, and um, you had a number of people that filled in for a while, and then they brought back a former employee, Peter Klon, to be the executive director. And, and I think my my understanding is that the government uh, agency in Santa Maria directly runs the waste disposal facility. So, and it, and it happens to serve Guadalupe as well, which uh, is a benefit to to our family anyway. Hmm. So. Interesting, Stu. Always good to hear from you. Thank you. Eight zero five five four three eight eight three zero. 800-549-5832 for Karen Veely back on Hometown Radio. On the Stolberg text line, a listener is arguing that waste management is denying anybody who's low income a deduction on their bill. Nobody gets a deduction anymore, whereas if you're PG&E or the gas company, you can get a discount if you're low income. You know anything about that, Karen? Uh, no, and I have not looked into that. All right, so if you're just joining us, we've been focusing in this last segment on the Integrated Waste Management Authority. The woman who resigned is Yvonne Diaz. And what was her title, Karen? It was like, um, it was management administrator or administrative management. And what she did is she made sure she, she watched what the laws were regarding waste. And her job was to make sure the IWMA was following the laws. Let me read part of her letter. Uh, this is her letter of resignation. As some of you have been expecting, I am announcing that my IWMA days have now come to an end. It's unfortunate that I exit in this manner as I truly enjoyed working with all your jurisdictions and constituents. The misappropriation of public funds by both the executive and deputy directors and the lack of accountability has forced me to resign my, my position. Additionally, once IWMA legal team was made aware of this problem, they failed to handle the issue accordingly. IWMA staff members notified legal at the time of discovery, and I am baffled that both Jordan and Peter were allowed to remain at the IWMA and were not removed of any signing authority pending the investigation. Instead, they were allowed to continue supervising the staff that pointed out the misappropriation and caused a toxic working environment for us, who played no role in the transactions except for bringing them to light as well as our responsibility as a public agency. From a constituent's point of view, this would appear as if legal and management were attempting to diminish the magnitude of this problem in order to avoid bad press. Um, IWMA board members, I ask that you conduct a new unbiased investigation from an outside source. Once the issue is known to the public, a light will be placed on the actions of the board and specifically the actions that were taken to rectify the gross misappropriation of public funds. Uh, then it goes on a little bit and of appreciation. That's the gist of the letter, Karen. So since she submitted her resignation and since this has gone public, has anything happened? 
Well, I contacted Executive Director Peter Kron and asked him to respond, and he sent me a statement um, saying that he couldn't discuss much because it has to do with employees, but that they looked into it, the, you know, the attorneys looked into it, they conducted an investigation, and here's what he said, we did find that our outside contract payroll service allowed clerical errors resulting in overpayment, which were corrected. So he is admitting there were financial issues. He's blaming an outside agency and saying they were corrected. I am hearing that they have asked the employees to start a payment plan uh, those, um, and return the money. The other interesting thing, I've had multiple public officials call me from all kinds of agencies saying that Peter Cron has been on the phone claiming or telling them this article is inaccurate, nothing happened, it was a small mistake, the article is incorrect. And um, spending quite a bit of time saying that nothing to look at here. Well, but... There is the woman's letter of resignation. So with all due respect to you, Karen, the news isn't what you reported. The news is her letter and what she's claiming, in my opinion. Anyway, let's go to Eric. Hey, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hey, guys. I've been wondering how the counties and the cities stick behind the IWMA for years. I mean, we've known for years that they've misappropriated money. They've paid personal phone bills. I think one guy even painted his house at one time. The DA has looked into it, unfortunately, a little late, and then they, you know, shredded documents. There's nothing good about this organization, and there never has been, but for some reason, our county and a lot of our cities think they're a worthwhile group. They save money. When the county took it over, I believe they did it at a cheaper price, and they also have started legislating, which they have no right to do. So I, it just baffles me why this group hasn't just been closed down and we just go back to the county and being in charge of it. And as you responded to that, Karen, what did Dan Dow decide to do about all this? Well, they did file charges. They did. There was an outside investigation. No one on the inside really was getting involved. There was finally the IWMA board asked for an investigation, which found wrongdoing. Dan, at that point, charged um, one of the top employees with 18 felonies. But a lot of it at that point had, it had been years since we had pointed out um, the alleged misappropriation of funds, and he did find it. But one of the other interesting things, um, when the DA became heavily involved, then Bill Worrell left, and Goodrow, the woman who was charged, quickly left, and they brought in trash cans from outside and shredding machines, and they shredded tons of their records. They literally shredded. That was one of the charges against her, was destroying government records. What else, Eric? I just am baffled why the citizens of this county and all the seven cities aren't demanding that we all get out of this and go back to the way it was. The county can do the job, and it can do the job for the city. They have the capabilities, and they did it cheaper. They didn't try to legislate. There was checks and balances, which they're not with this group. We need to just shut them down and go back to the way it used to be. It's not working, and it probably never will. Uh, Eric, thanks for the call. 805-543-8830, 800-549-5832. Jeff is in San Luis. Hey, Jeff. Hi, how are you folks today? We're, we're good. 
you know, I think actions, you know, speak pretty loud. And, and why should you be worried about anybody and misappropriating funds for crying out loud? They they had what a ten thousand dollar toilet. Whatever happened to the famous toilet? That, is it still there? Or is it been removed or whatever became of the famous uh, expensive toilet that they bought? And and Karen, who got to use it? It was an employee. It was in the employee restroom. And they went and and they literally, I I can't remember exactly, but it was approximately a $10,000 toilet that had a bidet and a special type of um, liner, you know, lining inside. Very, very expensive. Um, they did not waste any money on their office. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. What else, Jeff? Well, I just think that's a great example of how the decisions are made with uh, both our uh, elected city officials here in San Luis as well as the uh, Board of Supervisors by supporting integrated waste management. It is showing you know, just how they spend their money, how they spend our money. They buy $10,000 toilets. Anyhow, you folks have a great day. Oh, you, you, you don't want to, say, you want to say a name? Is there a name you want to say, Jeff? Is there a name you're dying to say? Hey, <laughs> I always get in trouble for dropping names. So let's just say uh, I, I'm not going to, drop any names with Bruce Gibson or anything for, like, pushing this kind of stuff. He wouldn't do such a thing. All right. Fair enough, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Uh, You want to comment on Jeff's call? I mean... Yeah, and one one thing, um, the, the county was out for several years because of the bad actions of the IWMA leadership. It was when Jimmy Paulding won the race... In the first or second meeting, he said one of his big goals was to get back with the IWMA because it had been cleaned up and had no more problems. And it was a 3-2 vote with Jimmy Paulding, Don Ortiz-Legg, and Bruce Gibson voting to get back on. And Debbie Arnold saying, no, there's still problems. I don't want to be back with that agency. And John Pashan also said no. But on 3-2, they lost. Hmm. And how long had uh, Ms. Diaz been employed at the IWMA? Do we know? Yes, um, I think it was October twenty uh, twenty one. She showed up shortly after um, they hired her. A few months after Carolyn Goodrich was indicted for um, misappropriation and of funds and destruction of documents. All right, we'll be back for a few minutes with Karen Veely. We're live, we're local. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. I just want to point out as we start to wrap things up with Karen Veely, in terms of this Integrated Waste Management Authority, you can go to Karen's website and read her reporting, but she has printed the entire letter of resignation from Ms. Diaz. So it's not Karen taking facts and construing or misconstruing them in any way, shape, or form. Karen's reporting is based strictly on what this woman is saying happened. I would just want people to keep that in mind. Karen, what else would you add to that? 
And also, I have interviewed multiple public officials either involved with the IWMA or other agencies involved with this organization um, regarding what they are being told, what board members knew. Um, and I did reach out, and Peter Cron did send me his response to the resignation letter. Right, so and that is also his response is also in the article. Uh, now I got a minute left. Uh, Debbie Arnold and John Pashong are against the IWMA. Are they taking action on the basis of this letter? Are they going to do anything? Um, they just literally uh, they just were put back in on the vote of the three January first. They literally rejoined during this mess, and Jimmy Paulding is now the county representative on the IWMA board. She has made that they've both been very vocal. They do not want to be with this organization, but they are only two votes. All right. So, well, we have a supervisor. Leg is coming in tomorrow. Perhaps we can talk to her about this. Uh, nice job, Karen. Thanks for joining us. i got 20 seconds for a final thought. And please, if anyone knows anything about the IWMA or how to contact Yvonne Diaz, please give me a call, 805-234-1703, or email me at V-E-L-I-E-S-L-O at gmail.com. All right, Karen, thanks for uh, taking the time today. We'll uh, talk again. Thank you. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Next, we have a conversation with Pete Howard. Always interesting, always entertaining. Stay with us. The 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.